Standby for Places presents part two of Tartuffe by Moliere. Yes, all the towns discussing it, and truly their comments do not flatter you unduly. I'm glad we've met, sir, and I'll give my view of this sad matter in a word or two. As for who's guilty, that I shan't discuss. Let's say it was Demis who caused the fuss. Assuming then that you have been ill-used by young Demis and groundlessly accused, ought not a Christian to forgive, and ought he not to stifle every vengeful thought? Alas, for my part, I should take great joy in doing so. I've nothing against the boy. I pardon all. I harbor no resentment. To serve him would afford me much contentment, but heaven's interest will not have it so. If he comes back, then I shall have to go. After his conduct so extreme, so vicious, our further intercourse would look suspicious. God knows what people would think. Why, they'd describe my goodness to him as a sort of bribe. Your reasoning is badly warped and stretched, and these excuses, sir, are most far-fetched. Why put yourself in charge of heaven's cause? Does heaven need our help to enforce its laws? Leave vengeance to the Lord, sir, while we live. Our duty is not to punish, but forgive. Again, sir, let me say that I've forgiven dummies and thus obeyed the laws of heaven. But I am not commanded by the Bible to live with one who smears my name with libel. Were you commanded, sir, to indulge the whim of poor Organ and to encourage him in suddenly transferring to your name a large estate to which you have no claim? <laughs> Twould never occur to those who know me best to think I acted from self-interest. If I have resigned myself to taking the gift which my dear brother insists on making, I do so only, as he well understands, lest so much wealth fall into wicked hands, lest those to whom it might descend in time turn it to purposes of sin and crime, and not, as I shall do, make use of it for heaven's glory and mankind's benefit. It is a moral benefit to inherit such wealth, but give Demis a chance to bear it. Sir, if you wish to prove the honesty of your intentions... Sir, it is half past three. I have certain pious duties to attend to and hope my prompt departure won't offend you. Damn. Stay, sir, and help Marianne for heaven's sake. She's suffering so, I fear her heart will break. Her father's plan to marry her off tonight has put the poor child in a desperate plight. I hear him coming. Let's stand together now and see if we can change his mind. Somehow, about this match we all deplore and fear. Ah, glad to find you all assembled here. This contract child contains your happiness, and what it says I think your heart can guess. Sir, by that heaven which sees me here distressed, and by whatever else can move your breast, do not employ a father's power. I pray you to crush my heart and force it to obey you. Spare me, at least, I beg you, I implore the pain of wedding one whom I abhor, and do not, by a heartless use of force, drive me to contemplate some desperate course. Be firm, my soul, no human weakness now. I don't 
Present your love for him. Allow your heart to free reign, sir. Give him your property. If that's not enough, take mine from me. He's welcome to my money. Take it, do. But don't, I pray, include my person too. Spare me, I beg you. And let me end the tale of my sad days behind a convent veil. A convent? <laughs> when, when crossed in their amours, all lovesick girls have the same thought as yours. Get up! The more you loathe the man and dread him, the more ennobling it will be to wed him. Marry Tartuffe and mortify mm. your flesh. Mm. Enough! Mm. Don't start that whimpering afresh. But why? Be still there. Speak when you're spoken to. Not one more bit of impudence out of you. If I may offer a word of counsel here. Brother, in counseling you have no peer. All your advice is forceful, sound, and clever. I don't propose to follow it, <sighs> however. I am amazed and don't know what to say. Your blindness simply takes my breath away. You are indeed bewitched to take no warning from our account of what occurred this morning. Madam, I know a few plain facts, and one is that you're partial to my rascal son. Hence, when he sought to make Tartuffe the victim of a base lie, you dared not contradict him. <laughs> ah. You underplayed your part, my pet. You should have looked more angry, more upset. <laughs> when men make overtures, must we reply with righteous anger and a battle cry? Yes. Must we turn back their amorous advances with sharp reproaches and with fiery glances? Myself, I find such offenses merely amusing and make no scenes and fusses in refusing. I found that a polite and cool rebuff discourages a lover quite enough. I, I know the facts and I shall not be shaken. I marvel at your power to be mistaken. Wouldn't I wonder carry weight with you if I could show you that our tale was true? Show me? Yes. Rot. Come, what if I found a way to make you see the facts as plain as day? <laughs> Nonsense. Do answer me, don't be absurd. I'm not now asking you to trust our word. Suppose that from some hiding place in here, you learned the whole sad truth by eye and ear. What would you say of your good friend after that? Why, I'd say nothing by Jehoshaphat. It can't be true. You've been too long deceived, and I'm quite tired of being disbelieved. Come now, let's put my statements to the test, and you shall see the truth made manifest. I'll take that challenge. Now do your uttermost. We'll see how you make good your empty boast. Send him to me! He's crafty. It may be hard to catch the cunning scoundrel off his guard. No. Amorous men are gullible. Their conceit so blinds them that they're never hard to cheat. Have him come down. Please, leave us for a bit. Pull up this table and get under it! What? It's essential that you be well hidden! Why there? Oh, heavens! Just do as you are bidden! I have my plans, we'll soon see how they fare. Under the table, now! And once you're there, take care that you are neither seen nor heard. Well... I'll indulge you since I gave my word to see you through this infantile charade. Once it is over, you'll be glad we played. I'm going to act quite strangely now, and you must not be shocked at anything I do. Whatever I may say, you must excuse as part of that deceit I'm forced to use. 
I shall employ sweet speeches in the task of making that impostor drop his mask. I'll give encouragement to his bold desires and furnish fuel to his amorous fires. Since it's for your sake and for his destruction that I shall seem to yield to his seduction, I'll gladly stop whenever you decide that all your doubts are fully satisfied. I'll count on you as soon as you have seen what sort of man he is to intervene and not expose me to his odious lust. One moment longer than you feel you must. Remember, you're to save me from my plight whenever. He's coming, hush, keep out of sight. You wish to have a word with me, I'm told. Yes. <laughs> I have a little secret to unfold. Before I speak, however, it would be wise to close that door and look about for spies. The very last thing that must happen now is a repetition of this morning's row. I've never been so badly caught off guard. Oh, how I feared for you. You saw how hard I tried to make that troublesome Damis control his dreadful temper and hold his peace. In my confusion, I didn't have the sense simply to contradict his evidence. But as it happened, that was for the best. And all has worked out in our interest. This storm has only bettered your position. My husband doesn't have the least suspicion. And now, in mockery of those who do, he bids me be continually with you. And that is why, quite fearless of reproof, I now can be alone with my tartuffe. And why my heart, perhaps too quick to yield, feels free to let its passion be revealed. Adam, you're words confuse me. Not long ago, you spoke in quite a different style, you know. <laughs> Sir, if that refusal made you smart, it's little that you know of woman's heart, or what that heart is trying to convey when it resists in such a feeble way. Always at first, our modesty prevents the frank avowal of tender sentiments. However high the passion which inflames us, still, to confess its power somehow shames us. Thus we reluct, at first, yet in a tone which tells you that our heart is overthrown, that when our lips deny, our pulse confesses, and that in time, all no's will turn to yeses. Oh, I, I fear my words are all too frank and free and a poor proof of woman's modesty. Oh, and when I tried to force you to undo the marriage plans my husband has in view, what did my urgent pleading signify if not that I admired you, and that I deplored the thought that someone else might own part of a heart I wished for mine alone? Madam, no happiness is so complete as when from lips we love come words so sweet. And yet, I must beg leave now to confess some lingering doubts to my happiness. Might this not be a trick? Might not the catch be that you wish me to break off the match with Marianne and so have feigned to love me? I shan't quite trust your fond opinion of me until the feelings you've expressed so sweetly are demonstrated somewhat more concretely. And you have shown by certain kind concessions that I may 
put my faith in your professions. <coughs> Why be in such a hurry? Must my heart exhaust its bounty at the very start? Oh, to make that sweet admission cost me dear. But you'll not be content, it would appear, unless my store of favors is dispersed to the last farthing and at the very first. Well, I, who so little merit your esteem, can't credit this fulfillment of my dream and shan't believe it, madam, until I savor some palpable assurance of your favor. Oh, my! How tyrannical your love can be! And how it flusters and perplexes me. Hmm. How furiously you take one's heart in hand and make your every wish a fierce command. Come, <laughs> must you hound and harry me to death? Mm -hmm. Will you not give me time to catch my breath? Can it be right to press me with such force? Give me no quarter, show me no remorse, and take advantage by your stern insistence of the fond feelings which weaken my resistance. Well, if you look with favor upon my love, why then begrudge me some clear proof thereof? But how can I consent without offense to heaven, toward which you feel such reverence? <laughs> oh, if heaven is all that holds you back, don't worry. I can remove that hindrance in a hurry. Nothing of that sort need obstruct our path. Must one not be afraid of heaven's wrath? Forget such fears. Be my pupil. And I shall teach you how to conquer scruple. Some joys, it's true, are wrong in heaven's eyes, yet heaven is not averse to compromise. There is a science lately formulated whereby one's conscience may be liberated, and any wrongful act you care to mention may be redeemed by purity of intention. I'll teach you, madam, the secrets of that science. Meanwhile, just place on me your full reliance. Assuage my keen desires, and feel no dread. The sin, if any, shall be on my head. <coughs> You've a bad cough. Yes, yes, it's bad indeed. A bit of licorice may be what you need. Uh, no, I've a stubborn cold, it seems. I'm sure it will take much more than licorice to cure it. Ah, how aggravating. Oh, more than I can say. If you're still troubled, think of things this way. No one shall know of our joys, save us alone. And there's no evil till the act is known. It's scandal, madam, which makes it an offense. And it's no sin to sin in confidence. <coughs> well, clearly I must do as you require and yield to your importunate desire. It is apparent now that nothing less will satisfy you, and so I acquiesce. To go so far is much against my will. I'm <laughs> vexed that it should come to this, but still, since you are so determined on it, since you will not allow mere language to convince you, and since you ask for concrete evidence, I see nothing for it now but to comply. If this is sinful, if I am wrong to do it, so much the worse for him who drove me to it. The fault can surely not be charged to me. Madam, the fault is mine, if fault there be, and- Open the door a little and peek out. I wouldn't want my husband poking about. 
<laughs> oh, why worry about the man? Each day he grows more gullible. One can lead him by the nose to find us here, would fill him with delight. And if he saw the worst, he'd doubt his sight. Nevertheless, do step out for a minute into the hall and see that no one's in it. That man's a perfect monster, I must admit. I'm simply stunned. I can't get over it. What? Coming out so soon? How premature! Get back in hiding and wait until you're sure. Stay until the end and be convinced completely. We mustn't stop till things are proved concretely. I'll never harbor anything so vicious. Cut! Don't be hasty. Try to be judicious. Wait and be certain that there's no mistake. No jumping to conclusions, for heaven's sake. Madam, all things have worked out to perfection. I've given the neighboring rooms a full inspection. No one's about. And now I may at last... Hold on, my passionate fellow. Not so fast. <laughs> I should advise a little more restraint. Well, so you thought you'd fool me, my dear saint. How soon you wearied of the saintly life, wedding my daughter and coveting my wife. I've long suspected you and had a feeling that soon I'd catch you at your double dealing. Just now, you've given me evidence galore. It's quite enough. I have no wish for more. I'm sorry to have treated you so slyly, but circumstances force me to be wily. Brother, you can't think. No more talk from you. Just leave this household without more ado. What I intended. <laughs> that seems fairly clear. Spare me your falsehoods and get out of here. No. No. No, I'm the master. And you're the one to go. This house belongs to me, I'll have you know, and I shall show you that you can't hurt me by this contemptible conspiracy. That those who cross me know not what they do, and that I've means to expose and punish you. Avenge offended heaven and make you grieve that ever you dared order me to leave. What was the point of all that angry chatter? Oh dear God, I'm worried. This is no laughing matter. How so? I fear I understood his drift. I'm much disturbed about that deed of gift. You gave him? Oh yes, yes. It's been all drawn and signed, but... One more thing is weighing on my mind. What's that? I'll tell you, but first let's see if there's a certain strong box in his room upstairs. Where are you going so fast? God knows! Then wait. Let's have a conference and deliberate on how this situation's to be met. That strong box has me utterly upset. This is the worst of many, many shocks. Is there some fearful mystery in that box? Oh, my poor friend Argus brought that box to me with his own hands in utmost secrecy. T'was on the very morning of his flight. It's full of papers which, if they came to light, would ruin him, or such is my impression. Then why did you let it out of your possession? Those peppers vexed my conscience, and it seemed best to ask the counsel of my pious guests. The cunning scoundrel got me to agree to leave the strong box in his custody, so that... In case of an investigation, I could employ a slight equivocation and swear I didn't have it, and thereby, at no expense to conscience, tell a lie. It looks to me as if you're out on a limb. Trusting him with that box and offering him the deed of gift were actions of a kind which 
scarcely indicate a prudent mind. With two such weapons, he has the upper hand. And since you're vulnerable as matters stand, you erred once more in bringing him to bay. You should have acted in some subtler way. Oh, just think of it. Behind that fervent face, a heart so wicked and a soul so base. I took him in, a hungry beggar, and then... Enough! By God, I'm through with pious men. Henceforth... I'll hate the whole false brotherhood and persecute them worse than Satan could. Ah, there you go, extravagant as ever. Why can you not be rational? You never manage to take the middle course, it seems, but jump instead between absurd extremes. You've recognized your recent grave mistake in falling victim to a pious fake. Now, to correct that error, must you embrace an even greater error in its place and judge our worthy neighbors as a whole by what you've learned of one corrupted soul, be cautious in bestowing admiration and cultivate a sober moderation. Don't humor fraud, but also don't asperse true piety. The latter fault is worse, and it is best to err if err one must, as you have done upon the side of trust. Father, I hear that scoundrels uttered threats against you. That he pridefully forgets? It's true, my boy. I'm too distressed for tears. Leave it to me, sir. Let me trim his ears. Faced with such insolence, we must not waver. I shall rejoice in doing you this favor of cutting short his life and your distress. What a display of young hot-headedness. Do learn to moderate your fits of rage. In this just country, this enlightened age, one does not settle things by violence. I hear strange tales of very strange events. Oh, yes, yeah, strange events which these two eyes beheld. The man's ingratitude is, is unparalleled. I save a wretched pauper from starvation, house him, and treat him like a blood relation, shower him every day with my largesse, give him my daughter and all that I possess, and meanwhile the unconscionable knave tries to induce my wife to misbehave, and not content with such extreme rascality, now threatens me with my own liberality, and aims by taking base advantage of the gifts I gave him out of Christian love to drive me from my house, a ruined man, and make me end a pauper as he began. Poor fellow! No, my son, I'll never bring myself to think him guilty of such a thing. How's that? The righteous always were maligned. Speak clearly, mother. Say, what's on your mind? I mean that I can smell a rat, my dear. You know how everybody hates him here. That has no bearing on the case at all. I told you a hundred times when you were small that virtue in this world is hated ever. Malicious men may die, but malice never. No doubt that's true, but how does it apply? They turned you against him by a clever lie. I've told you. I was there and saw it done. <laughs> Slanderers will stop at nothing, son. Mother, I'll lose my temper. For the last time, I tell you, I was witness to the crime. The tongues of spite are busy night and noon, and to their venom, no man is immune. You're talking nonsense. 
Can't you realize? I saw it, saw it, saw it with my eyes. Saw. Do you understand me? Must I shout it into your ears before you'll cease to doubt it? Appearances can deceive, my son. Dear me, we cannot always judge by what we see. Drat, drat. One often interprets things awry. Good can seem evil to a suspicious eye. Was I to see his pawing at Elmir as an act of charity? Till his guilt is clear, a man deserves the benefit of the doubt. You should have waited to see how things turned out. Oh, great God in heaven, what more proof did I need? Was I to sit there watching until he... You drive me to the brink of impropriety. No, no, a man of such surpassing piety could do no such thing. You cannot shake me. I don't believe it, and you shall not make me. You vex me so that if you weren't my mother, I'd say to you some dreadful thing or other. It's your turn now, sir, not to be listened to. You'd not trust us, and now she won't trust you. My friends, we're wasting time which should be spent in facing up to our predicament. I fear that scoundrel's threats were not made in sport. Do you think he'd had the nerve to go to court? I'm sure he won't. They'd find it all too crude, a case of swindling and ingratitude. Don't be so sure. He won't be at a loss to give his claims a high and righteous gloss. And clever rogues with far less valid cause have trapped their victims in a web of laws. I say again that to antagonize a man so strongly armed was most unwise. I know it, but the man's appalling cheek outraged me so I couldn't control my peak. I wish to heaven that we could devise some truce between you or some compromise. If I had known what cards he held, I'd not have roused his anger by my little plot. What is that fellow looking for? Who is he? Go, talk to him. And tell him that I'm busy. Good day, dear sister. Kindly let me see your master. He's involved with company and cannot be disturbed just now, my dear. Oh, I hate to intrude, but what has brought me here will not disturb your master in any event. Indeed, my news would make him most content. Your name? Just say that I bring greetings from Mr. Tartuffe, on whose behalf I've come. Sir, here's a very gracious man and bears a message from Tartuffe, which he declares will make you most content. Upon my word, I think this man had best be seen and heard. Perhaps he has some settlement to suggest. How shall I treat him? What matter would be best? Control your anger, and if he should mention some fair adjustment, give him your full attention. <clears throat> good health to you, good sir. May heaven confound your enemies, and may your joys abound. Sir, I must ask your pardon. To my shame, I cannot now recall your face or name. Loyal's my name. I come from Chicopee, and I'm a bailiff in all modesty. For forty years, praise God, it's been my boast to serve with honor in that vital post. And I'm here, sir, if you will permit, the liberty to serve you with this writ. To what? Now, please, sir, let us have no friction. It's nothing but an order of eviction. You are to move your goods and family out and make way for new occupants without deferment or delay and give the keys. 
I... I leave this house. Yes, sir. If you please, uh, this house... Sir. From the cellar to the roof belongs now to our good friend, Tartuffe. And he is lord and master of your estate by virtue of a deed of present date, drawn in due form with clearest legal phrasing. Your insolence is utterly amazing. <clears throat> Young men, my business here is not with you, but with your wise and temperate father, who, like every worthy citizen, stands in awe of justice and would never obstruct the law. But not for a million, sir. Would you rebel against authority? I know that well. You'll not make trouble, sir, or interfere with the execution of my duties here. Someone may execute a smart tattoo on that black jacket of yours before you're through. Ah, sir, bid your son be silent. I'd much regret having to mention such a nasty threat of violence in writing my report. This man loyal's a most disloyal son. I love all men of upright character. And when I agreed to serve these papers, sir, it was your feelings that I had in mind. I couldn't bear to see the case assigned to someone else who might esteem you less and so subject you to unpleasantness. What's more unpleasant than telling a man to leave his house and home? You'd like a short reprieve? Oh, if you desire it, sir, I shall not press you. But wait until tomorrow to dispossess you. <laughs> Splendid! I'll come and spend the night here. Then most quietly with a half a score of men, and for form's sake, you might bring me just before you go to bed the keys to the front door. My men and I promise we'll be on their best behavior and will not disturb your rest. But bright and early, sir, you must be quick and move out all of your furniture every second. I may be all but bankrupt, but I vow I'd give a hundred bucks here and now just for the pleasure of landing one good clout right on the end of that complacent snout. Careful, don't make things worse. Ooh, my boot sole itches to give that beggar a good kick in the britches. Monsieur Loyal, I'd love to hear the whack of a stout stick across your fine Mmm, take care. A woman, too, may go to jail if she uses threatening language to a bailiff. Enough, enough, sir. This must not go on. Give me that paper, please, and then be gone. Well, au revoir. God give you all good cheer. May God confound you and him who sent you here. Now, mother... Was I right or not? This writ should change your notion of Tartuffe a bit. Do you perceive his villainy at last? I'm thunderstruck. I'm utterly aghast. Oh, come, be fair. You mustn't take offense at this new proof of his benevolence. He's acting out of selfless love, I know. Material things enslave the soul, and so he has kindly arranged your liberation from all that might endanger your salvation. Will you not ever hold your tongue, you dunce? Come, you must take some action, and at once. Go tell the world of the low trick he's tried. The deed of gift is surely nullified by such behavior, and public rage will not permit the wretch to carry out his plot. Sir, though I hate to bring you more bad news, such is the danger that I cannot choose. A friend who is extremely close to me and knows my interest in your family has for my sake, presume to violate the secrecy that's due to things of state, and sends me word that you are in a plight. 
from which your one salvation lies in flight. The scoundrel who's imposed upon you so denounced you to the court an hour ago, and supporting evidence displayed the strong box of a certain renegade whose secret papers, so he testified, you had disloyally agreed to hide. I don't know what charges may be pressed, but there's a warrant out for your arrest. Tartuffe has been instructed, furthermore, to guide the arresting officer to your door. He's clearly done this to facilitate his seizure of your house and your estate. My carriage is outside to take you hence. This money should cover all expense. Let's lose no time or you shall be undone. Your sole defense in this case is to run. I shall go with you all the way and place you in a safe refuge to which they'll never trace you. Alas, dear boy, I wish that I could show you my gratitude for everything I owe you. But now is not that time. I pray the Lord that I may live to give you your reward. Farewell, my dears. Be careful. Brother, hurry. We shall take care of things. You needn't worry. Gently, sir. Gently. Stay right where you are. No need for haste. Your lodging isn't far. You're off to prison by order of the judge. This is the crowning blow, and since you sludge means my total ruin and defeat, your villainy is now at last complete. You didn't try to provoke me. It's no use. Those who serve heaven must expect abuse. You are indeed most patient, sweet, and blameless. How he exploits the name of heaven, it's shameless. Your taunts and mockeries are all for naught. To do my duty is my only thought. Your love of duty is most meritorious, and what you've done is little short of glorious. All deeds are glorious, madam, which obey his honor who sent me here today. I rescued you when you were destitute. Have you forgotten that, you thankless fruit? No. No, I well remember every tort, but my first duty is to serve the court. That obligation is so paramount that other claims beside it do not count. And for it, I would sacrifice my wife, my family, my friend, or my own life. Hypocrite! All that we most revere, he uses to cloak his plots and camouflage his bruises. If it is true that you are animated by pure and loyal zeal, as you have stated, why was this zeal not roused until you sought to make Organ a cuckold and been caught? Why weren't you moved to give your evidence until your outraged host had driven you hence? You shan't say that the gift of all his treasure ought to have damped your zeal in any measure, but if he is a traitor, as you declare, how could you condescend to be his heir? Sir? Spare me all this clamor, it is growing shrill. Please, carry out your orders, if you will. Yes, I've delayed too long, sir. Thank you kindly. You're just the proper person to remind me. Come, hmm. you are off to join the other boarders in a dank prison, according to his orders. Hmm? Who? 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 I, I, sir? Yes. <laughs> Prison? This can't be true. I owe an explanation, but not to you. Sir, all is well. Rest easy and be grateful. We serve a leader to whom all sham is hateful. A leader who sees into our inmost hearts and can't be fooled by any trickster's arts. His deep soul, though generous and human, views all things with discernment and acumen. His sovereign reason is not lightly swayed. 
and all his judgments are discreetly weighed. Betraying you, the rogue stood self-betrayed. Our officers soon recognized Tartuffe as one notorious by another name who'd done so many vicious crimes that one could fill ten volumes with them and be writing still. But to be brief, the judge was appalled by this man's treachery toward you, which he called the last worst villainy of a vile career, and bade me follow the imposter here to see how gross his impudence could be and force him to restore your property. Your private papers by the court's command I hereby seize and give into your hand. The court both revokes and invalidates the deed which gave this rascal your estates in pardons, furthermore, your grave offense in harboring an exile's documents. By these decrees, the court rewards you for your courageous deeds in the late war and shows how heartfelt is his satisfaction in recompensing any worthy action, how much he prizes merit, and how he makes more of men's virtues than of their mistakes. Heaven be praised! I breathe again at last. We're safe! I can't believe the danger's passed. Well, traitor, now you see. Ah, brother, please. Let's not descend to such indignities. Leave the poor wretch to his unhappy fate and don't say anything to aggravate his present woes, but rather hope that he will soon embrace an honest piety. Well said. Let's go at once and gladly kneeling express the gratitude which all are feeling. Then, when that first great duty has been done, we'll turn with pleasure to a second one and give Valer, whose love has proven so true, the wedded happiness which is his due. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com standbyforplaces or our Instagram at standbyforplacespod. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and to get news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces or our Instagram at standbyforplacespod. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces or our Instagram at standbyforplacespod. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and to get news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com standbyforplaces and our Instagram at standbyforplacespod. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org.
For behind-the-scenes content and to get news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces and our Instagram at standbyforplacespod. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and to get news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces or our Instagram at standbyforplacespod.